You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's play it, everybody. Another edition of Locked On Lions on a Halloween Tuesday and do November 1st to Wednesday. Matt Derry with you. Thank you for listening right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Another day of talking Detroit Lions football, your home for the best Lions coverage, the best Lions opinions right here on Locked On Lions. Thank you for being with us and thanks for your tweets. A lot of those coming in at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and also on the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Your comments always welcome as well. We come to you direct from Megaphone.fm, our new home here on Locked On Lions. If you're listening on iTunes, thank you for doing that. We're also on Spotify, the Amazon Alexa, the new Google uh, Alexa that they have, their type of uh, situation, whatever it's called. Uh, thank you for listening and right here on Locked On Lions on TuneIn as well. Uh, as we talk about Lions and what took place today on the trade deadline, Locked on Lions today is brought to you by Freddie the Pizza Man. Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale, 17900 Allen Road in Melvindale, Michigan, just five minutes away from Lions headquarters in Allen Park. Call them to order your lunch, get a catering uh, uh, situation together near the holidays. Freddie's Pizza is the best. 313-383-6279. We'll talk to Freddie in a little bit. Also today on the podcast, Dave Burkett. Lions beat writer who's had his issues with Jim Caldwell the last few days. We'll talk to the free press Lions writer Dave Burkett here on Lockdown Lions on a trade deadline Tuesday. And the news of the day, it's pretty simple. The Lions do nothing. That's correct. The Lions have stood pat. They have not made any moves here on this trade deadline. And there were some big moves. Jay Ajayi traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Philadelphia Eagles. Last night, Jimmy Garoppolo going from the Patriots to the 49ers. Uh, today, a, a rather big move as the Buffalo Bills acquire wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin from the Carolina Panthers for a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick. If you recall, Kelvin ben- uh, Benjamin was a guy that, I'm not going to say lit up the Lions in the Carolina 27-24 win back on October 8th at the uh, at Ford Field with four catches, 58 yards, uh, had a 31-yard catch, had a touchdown. Kelvin Benjamin's a good, good uh, receiver. I know he's been banged up a little bit. 26-year-old receiver. Boy, he'd look good in the Lions uniform, wouldn't he? But the big news. Oh, baby. That Pro Bowl tight end staying in town. Eric Ebron tweeted out at 4 o'clock. Hashtag one pride. Dropped him as prime. He ain't going nowhere. Eric Ebron remains a Detroit Lion. Ian Rappaport reporting the Lions made some calls. There was some talk about Eric Ebron. Oh, man. Eric Ebron staying at Detroit Lion. Here, here are my thoughts, and let's start with that. Uh, this is a mistake. And I don't know if Bob Quinn was looking for some sort of haul back. I don't know if Bob Quinn was demanding at least a day two, a second day draft pick. Who knows? But to me, it was time to move Eric Ebron. Uh, He hasn't been a productive player. 15 catches on the year for 160 yards and one touchdown through seven games. Eric Ebron proclaimed at the start of the year that he wanted to make the Pro Bowl uh, in six of the seven games that he's played as a Lion this year. Let me make sure I get this right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In six of the seven games that Eric Ebron has been a Lion this year, in year four, he's had two or less catches. Uh, he has one touchdown, 
which was against the Giants, his best game, when he caught five balls for 42 yards. He's been in double digits in yards, just three out of seven games. I mean, I, I, could, I could give you the stats all day. Eric Ebron is not a good football player. And if there was a market for him at all, then if I'm Bob Quinn, I'd take a six-rounder for him. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Now, I don't have inside sources telling me that the players don't like him. I don't have that. But what I can go on is reputation. I can go on a guy that needs a change of scenery. And if I were if I would have been Bob Quinn and maybe he did this, I don't know. I would have called the Colts, as I said yesterday, offered him Ebron for Frank Gore, whatever it took. There were some reports this morning about, oh, Ebron maybe in a draft pick to the Niners for, for Carlos Hyde. I would have done it. The Lions today at the trade deadline stood pat. They didn't add another big-time running back or a bruising running back or anything of that nature. Actually, the Lions made one move today. I'm apologizing. They added Don Barclay, the longtime Green Bay Packers offensive lineman, who can play guard and tackle and swing around. And they released Dan Skipper, who came in and had to play backup right tackle for the Lions in the game on Sunday night against the Steelers. Here is one thing about Bob Quinn that I don't quite understand, and we'll ask Dave Burkett about it. Do you realize that the Detroit Lions cannot keep any depth on the offensive line at all? Not counting Cyrus Quanjo and not counting Lakin Tomlinson, who were both a one traded and one cut before the first game. The Lions have had nine, nine different backup offensive linemen the first seven weeks of the season, first eight weeks of the season. Nine. Joe Dahl, Zach Karen, Dan Skipper, Storm Norton, Emmett Cleary, Brian Mahalik, Tim Lolito, Bryce Harris, and now Don Barkley. Now, in fairness, Dahl and Lolito have now been placed on injured reserve, so their seasons are done. Today, they actually released Storm Norton from the practice squad for the third time this season meaning that Dan Skipper will likely be going back on the practice squad because now Don Barclay has been signed. Who knows when Taylor Decker will be back, but this is a problem. It's become a revolving door, and I understand. Look, you start the year without Lakin Tomlinson, then you lose Greg Robinson to injury against the Saints, but my goodness, can the Lions front office or, or, or scouts or anybody in that, on that staff identify some backup offensive linemen that can, that can stick around? Brian Mahalik's been the one guy that has done a decent job. He played well in one game against the Steelers this past Sunday night. I thought he did well at left tackle, especially in the pass game. Run game's a different story. Dahl, Karen, Skipper, Norton, Cleary, who's been hurt, Mahalik, Lolito, Bryce Harris, and Don Barkley. Boy, they just keep, keep adding and subtracting backup offensive linemen. Not a lot of depth at that position. And you know what? It makes Bob Quinn look pretty bad. When your second-round pick doesn't play and your sixth-round pick was a, a complete waste of time in Brad Kaya when you didn't need that. You didn't need it. You didn't need to draft another quarterback. For what? Could have had a, a couple of offensive linemen there at, at two and six just to add some depth. But again, the Lions didn't realize they were going to trade Lakin Tomlinson at that point, and they also thought they'd have Joe Dahl for this season. Just throwing it out there here on Locked on Lions on this October 31st. Calvin Benjamin for a three and a seven. The Lions need a receiver like that. But give the Buffalo Bills credit. They're going for it. They're playing pretty good football. 
man, it's frustrating because you know what? The Lions are right there. The Lions are right there. All right, without further ado, let's bring him in. Dave Briquette from the Free Press on this trade deadline Tuesday. Dave, uh, Eric Ebron remains a Lion. How surprised are you or not so much? Uh, mildly. I mean, you know, I thought it would be best interest of Ebron, at least, to, to be dealt sort of the you know, relationship he has with the fans right now, I guess. But from a Lions perspective, you have to, to think, you know, this is a team that they believe they have a chance to win the division right now. Trading Ebron leaves them a little bit of a hole at tight end, even if you, you think he's having a disappointing season, which he is. But you don't want to leave yourself shorthanded when you have a chance to win the division. And I don't know what you could get for Ebron beyond maybe a late-round draft pick. Does, does it leave them with a hole, or do they have more depth than, than we think? No, I think it does. I mean, look, Darren Fells, a nice season, you know, but I think he sort of is, you know, who he is. I mean, he's a block first tight end. He's been a little bit of a threat in the red zone. You know, the Lions still need somebody that can stretch the field a little bit, be a weapon down the field, and they don't have a whole lot of that in the receiving core right now, especially with Kenny Galladay out. And I think Ebron is one guy that, you know, even though he hasn't put up big numbers this year, just 15 catches so far, you know, I think he's a guy that at least can add that dimension to your offense should you need it. Dave Burkett with me from the Free Press. What, what do you think the, the the mood of the locker room is about Ebron, and, and what have guys whispered to you? I mean, would guys want to see him gone? Is he a distraction? Is he liked? What What, what is that? I don't think he's a distraction at all. I mean, this situation certainly has, you know, been uh, a little bit of a talk here of late. I mean, I think, you know, again, it's it's just sort of an it's an odd relationship, I guess, between Ebron and the fans, and you know, really everyone that he's he's so roundly booed with, you know, when it seems like no matter anything that he does. Um, but no, I mean, you know, he's in the locker room and he's talking around with people, and you know, I, I think it's uh, it's something that. You know, people realize that he has talent. Uh, they also, you know, get frustrated at times by, you know, his play, the fact that he hasn't realized all that talent. But, you know, you always hold out hope that in a case like that, that, you know, maybe something finally clicks and, and, and maybe he can turn, you know, what's been a disappointing season around. Why has it been disappointing? Who, where, where do you lay the blame? Is some of it go on the coaching staff for not putting him in the right spots? Or has he, you know, lost some favor there and that's why he's not on the field as much? Uh, look, this is just my read on it. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is mental with him, you know, and, and yes, yeah, certainly, you know, the coaching staff, you know, they like what Fells brings, um, you know, both those tight ends have played uh, quite a bit this year and they've played quite a bit together, but they like what Fells brings is sort of a more well-rounded tight end. You know, he's a better blocker. You see Fells and Mike Roberts on the field sometimes together and in blocking situations and Fells has certainly proven to be a, um, you know, a, a fine pass catcher as well, especially in the red zone. But I think Ebron, you know some of it is just in his head you know he's uh, he, in fact he said as much a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't mentally where he needed to be and he was sort of down in the dumps and I think things have sort of snowballed on him when you know maybe he says he's not affected by those boos but uh, it just from afar it, it looks to me like like something like that gets in his head and, and, and you know limits his play on the field but when you say at the start of the year that your goal is to make the Pro Bowl don't you kind of put a lot of that on yourself <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's fair. And and look, I mean, Ebron's always been a brash sort of guy. You know, he's never lacked for confidence. And I think, you know, some of that has certainly rubbed, you know, fans the wrong way, people the wrong way, even people in the locker room the wrong way. You know, the fact that, you know, you need to accomplish something first, I guess, before you come out and start talking like that. But look, from, from, you know, the fan standpoint, a lot of it is – 
it's about since, you know, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, those guys that were drafted behind him. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to live that down with fans. And so they won't, they won't forgive some of the, the brashness without the production uh, for that reason. Zach Martin and C.J. Mosley, too, but we're not. Yeah, we're, a couple we're, guys. <laughs> I mean, you, could, you could rattle off a bunch of names. <laughs> Dave Burkett, Free Press, so uh, with me. All right, as far as other trades, um, I know there were some reports and ru- a lot of rumors about Carlos Hyde, maybe to the Lions. I brought up the name Frank Gore yesterday just as a possibility. Was it, were, they, were they looking at anything else? You know, I talked to somebody over with the uh, the organization. They just said, all quiet. I'm, I'm sure they had talks, right? I mean, this happens all the time. You, I just don't know how substantial any of those, some substantial any of those talks were. Um, and, you know, from the Lions standpoint, I don't know that Hyde makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I like him, you know, as a player, but he's injured a lot. Uh, he's sort of been in and out of the doghouse uh, with San Francisco throughout his career. And, you know, you just don't. Look, I don't know that Amir Abdullah is the biggest problem that faces this Lions running game right now. They've had some issues up front with the blocking. Um, you know, maybe it's a commitment to the run type thing, too, that, that sometimes they're not doing things the right way. Schematics that was talked about with, with Jim Caldwell the other day. So I don't know that Carlos Hyde was the, the type of player that was going to solve what ails this team. I, I would have liked to have seen them get a defensive end if one was available, somebody who could rush the passer or maybe a wide receiver who could win some one-on-one battles downfield. How about Kelvin Benjamin getting traded? I'm sure Lions fans will be hitting you up on Twitter. Why didn't the Lions trade a third and a seventh to get Benjamin? What do you, what do you think of that move? Yeah, and, you know, I certainly saw that uh, um, about Jai too, that, you know, if, if he's going for a fourth, really, the Lions couldn't give up a fourth. Look, I, you know, Benjamin, uh, he, he would have helped in the red zone. And, you know, maybe that's a guy that, that in retrospect, uh, and I don't know if the Lions called on him or if they didn't. I, I don't know that. But, you know, maybe in retrospect that was a uh, – move they could have considered uh, you know obviously I, look i don't think benjamin is a, a game-changing type receiver right i mean he, he had a nice game against the lions and i think he's a fine player but um i, I think he is limited a little bit he's he, but he would be a red zone target we saw last week how much the lions struggled down there we saw what he could do in that area against the lions a couple weeks back so uh he would have been at least worth kicking the tires on third round pick is a lot to give up though uh, I don't know if I would have done that if I was a Lions. Dave Burkett with me from the Free Press talking about the uh, Lions and the trade deadline today. Uh, you mentioned before about a receiver, and I, and I bring this up, and I know you do as well. The, the loss of Kenny Galladay over this last month, not that you're right, he's the next Jerry Rice, but it's been a big loss, and it's it's allowed defenses to move on up uh, in the box, and, that, and that's that's killed the Lions the, him uh, with a hamstring. Yeah, it's just the dimension that he has to the offense, right? I mean, you look at this Lions offense, and to me, you know, I think they have a lot of, you know, B-level players, I guess, on it, right? I mean, Marvin Jones is a fine player. Golden Tate's a fine player. You know, Abdullah. But none of these guys are really game changers who really make the defense plan for you, like a Julio Jones or an Odell Beckham or, you know, Zeke Elliott or any of those guys. So uh, what the Lions do and what they've had is those guys sort of work in conjunction together, and they need a big body like Galladay to help in the red zone and to be able to go downfield a little bit. And, you know, it's tough to say. I don't think Galladay was headed for this great season by any means. But we saw what he could do week one, um, just the, you know, what he added being a six foot four guy who could run a little bit and get downfield. And right now you, you sort of see it that the Lions, I mean, Marvin Jones doesn't win one on one battles a whole lot. Golden Tate, sort of an underneath guy. You know, Ebron obviously has had a rocky season. So the passing game has really suffered because of a lack of, you know, viable options, uh, along with some of the, the struggles they've had up front and in the running game. 
Revolving door with these backup offensive linemen. Now Dan Skipper gone, likely to be on the practice squad. Don Barkley brought in. T.J. Lang's old teammate with the with the Packers. What do you make of all this movement that they've had and the struggles that they've had uh, getting some depth on that offensive line? Yeah, I think that just tells you, you know, where things are with uh, the offensive line. I mean, it's been an issue all season long that, uh, you know, the protection and, and finding the right mix of guys. And, um, you know, I think the, the move last week to call Skipper up, that was just, look, they needed somebody that knew the, the offense and they had claimed somebody off waivers right before that who, um, you know, might have been an option, uh, had he known the playbook or had some other, you know, guys been healthy to, to keep around. But, um, look, Barclay's a veteran. He can play just about any position on the offensive line, adds depth. I wouldn't expect that he's going to have a huge impact and, you know, maybe not even playing a game. But given what's gone on with Taylor Decker still out, you know, with Greg Robinson battling an ankle injury, Emmett Cleary battling an ankle injury, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, safety net of a move, I guess, to add a, a versatile guy like Barclay to the room. Final thing for Dave Burkett, where do you view this team right now at three and four? The way I look at it, they can go into Monday night's game and win. No reason they shouldn't. They're favored to win. Um, And then four and four through the first eight with all the injuries might not be that bad, especially in this division where I know Minnesota's sitting pretty, but if, if you watch the first half of their game against Cleveland, they're not world beaters up there. Yeah, you know, I think when you you look at the Lions, right, everything seems sort of bad right now. Three straight losses, and they haven't been playing great. You know, the red zone last week, all the turnovers before the bye against the Saints and, and some of the problems they had against Carolina on defense. But, look, I mean, they have a more favorable schedule than the, the Vikings, who are the team to beat in the NFC North right now. They've already beat the Vikings in Minnesota, so they just can't afford to squander any games. I just don't think they have any margin for error right now, and, and that means – you know, they need to go on the road and win at Lambeau Field. So if they can do that, they're right back in this thing. They're two games back of the Vikings with, you know, basically a game in hand since they beat them. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I sort of laid out the, the plan for them to get to the playoffs and it involved, you know, beating the Vikings on Thanksgiving. So you have that, that tiebreaker, you know, winning a bunch of these division road games and that starts Monday night against the Packers. I think if the Lions do that, you know, no guarantees, obviously, but they should be in the mix till, till the week 17 and when we see how this thing shakes out. Wait, I forgot to ask you about your relationship with uh, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these, uh, I know a lot's been made of, uh, you know, his little outburst, I guess, the other day after the game, but you know how it is, man. These things are just sort of the, the line of fire, I guess, of, of being in the job, right? He doesn't like to answer questions a lot you know especially when you ask him about personnel or schematics and game plan type stuff and it's my job to ask him about that and so when he you know doesn't answer a question or says he already answered a question and you're asking a different question you guys sort of just have to point out that no you haven't answered that question yet Jim and he's still not liable to give you a very good answer but at least it's my job to try to you know prod him a little bit to get that and hey you know Jim said what he said uh, I don't take anything personal in this business. I've been yelled at by a lot of people in my days. I'll be yelled at by a lot more uh, in the years to come. I thought it was good theater the other day. And then, then the, the next day on Monday, he was, he was a little short with you again, but you, you were right back in there. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, again, you know how it is. I mean, he, uh, I think every time he has one of those outbursts, he kind of comes in, you know, quiet and short the next day. And hey, it's, like I said, you know, it's, uh, it's not the first time somebody will take offense to, be uh, prodding them about an issue it won't be the last and uh, uh certainly no uh no skin off my back no skin off his either i'm sure it's just one of those things that happens in the uh the business and sometimes it's you know public because they're press conferences and people people get a chance to hear them 
No doubt. Uh, Dave, keep up the great work. Thanks. All right, Matt. We'll talk to you again. All right, there he is, Dave Burkett from the Free Press, joining us here on Locked on Lions, here on a Tuesday on Halloween Tuesday. And again, the Lions quiet on NFL trade deadline day. I know that doesn't make a buddy of mine very, very happy, that's for sure. That is, of course, the great Freddie, the pizza man of Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale, and he joins me right now. What's up, Fredo? Hey, man. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Tell the folks, you know, we have new listeners all the time, and I always bring you up, and you've been with me from the start here on the podcast, but tell everybody what you specialize in over on Allen Road in Melvindale, because I know anytime I'm down there, I talked to Mike Stone today, he said anytime he's in Allen Park to go to the Lions, he stops by your place to get a slice or some goulash, man, you're, you're, a, you're a big time celeb now. Oh, those guys are always in there, uh, Steve Courtney, Nick Roddy, uh, Stoney, all those guys, they're in and out, they're all good guys, and um, Stoney, you know, when Stoney eats a slice, <laughs> it goes pretty quick. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, I specialize in the New York Slice. Uh, obviously, the cheese and pepperoni, plain cheese. Uh, Stoney loves his with bacon, pepperoni and bacon. Uh, you you with the Italian sausage and the pepperoni. Mm. I'm known for the New York Slice. Freddy the Pizza Man makes the slice, but Freddy the Pizza Man known for the goulash. Who wants goulash? Um, no one really makes it. I'm one of, one of very few. Uh, funny is since I've been on Channel Two, a few people have tried to make it and try to sell it. From what I hear from competitors, but uh, uh, you want some great goulash, you got to come to me at seventeen nine hundred Allen Road, right near the Lions Trading Facility. Three one three three eight three sixty two seventy nine is his phone number. Opens up every day, Monday through Friday at ten thirty a.m. Some Saturdays, certainly also at eleven. All right, man, uh, you do a podcast as well. People can get all the information at FreddyThePizzaMan dot com. By the way. But the Friday the Pizza Man podcast with you and Albert Dale. I got to ask you about Eric Ebron, man. I mean, not traded today. Can you believe this? Well, you're not going to get nothing for him. I mean, a seventh-round pick, if you're lucky. Um, it's almost, well, I, I don't even know. What, I mean, what's the point? Seventh-round pick, keep Eric Ebron, get rid of him. I don't know. If, if he's a cancer in the, in the locker room, then you, you definitely get rid of him, cut him. I don't know if there's camp, a uh, cap implications just getting rid of him like that for a seventh rounder but uh you're not gonna get nothing for him Matt. nothing yeah i guess i just you know i was i was i was hopeful today you know what i'm saying i really was especially on trade deadline day all right man uh always great catching up with you thanks for your support of uh of locked on lions i know you uh you've been with me from the start i'm with you you know that anytime man hey uh, matt before i let you go I, I came with some stats i gotta give you some stats oh boy let me hear him. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers, uh, Mike, you know Mike McCarthy, top yeah. three uh, coach in, in the NFL. Is he? You know what his record, you know what his record is after a, coming off a bye? I don't. He is 8-1. and one. Oh, and boy. overall, overall, he is 57-28 uh, and 28 as a Green Bay Packers head coach, Mike McCarthy. Um Coming off a bye, the Lions are in some trouble this week. I know it's Monday Night Football. I know Aaron Rodgers is not playing. Um, but if you can't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home on Sunday Night Football, I don't. Bar Starr can be the quarterback. It doesn't matter to me. Lions are in trouble this week. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is right. It's Brett Hundley. Are you kidding me? It won't be about Brett Hundley. It's, you know what? I watched him against New Orleans. You watched him. He played okay first half, then he collapsed. You give, this, you give Mike McCarthy two weeks, 
and um, you're going to see a different Green Bay team. Just different. All right, brother. Great catching up. You too, buddy. There he is, Freddie the Pizza Man. Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale. Freddie the Pizza Man, F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Does a podcast as well. Check it out on iTunes and subscribe to the Pizza Man podcast with Freddie and the great Albert Dale. All right, that wraps things up for another edition of Locked On Lions here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to Freddie. Thanks to Dave Burkett. And, of course, Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale for sponsoring today. Uh, we'll hit the national scene later on this week. We'll go to Green Bay as well here on Locked On Lions um, your thoughts on today on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D E R Y Speaks, and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page as well. Some quick thoughts from some of you guys uh, on today and the fact that Eric Ebron remains a lion. Uh, Mike Marveso says, further down to futility. Uh, that, that's not good uh, for sure. Uh, hold on, my screen just froze. We got to fix this. Hold on. I know there's some people uh, on Twitter that wanted to get in today in regards to the Lions. Um, Hold on, I gotta give you guys some love. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nathaniel J says, "Fate worse than death." Oh, yeah, yeah. Sean Lay from Channel Four had a great line today on Twitter. He said, "Lions dropped the ball on trading Eric Ebron." Uh, my man Greater Flint open wrote no with a bunch of O's. Uh, Alec writes, "Matt, you can't move the guy just to move him. He probably won't be back next season, and a draft pick doesn't help you out this year." Yeah, I just, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. People wanted Carlos Hyde. I'm looking at the tweets. People wanted Frank Gore, which was my idea yesterday, and the Colts were open for business. It did not happen. All right, we'll talk again tomorrow. This has been Locked On Lions. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Freddie, Dave Burkett, and the crew. We'll talk to you tomorrow.